0: Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast from the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture. I'm Dr. Brady Brewer, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Agricultural Economics. And joining me today are members of Purdue's farm transition team. I got Kelly Heckman, uh, Jeff Pell, and Denise Schroeder uh, on the podcast today. And today's podcast, we're going to focus on another farm transition topic, uh, which is retirement planning. So I do want to Give a brief pause and just remind all the listeners that this is part of the overall series uh, of the farm transition uh, planning team. Uh, so for all the other great topics we've gone over, the a link to those will be in the description of the podcast if you wanna go back and listen to all, all the previous ones. Uh, so with that, as I said, today's topic is on retirement planning. Let's start with a, a broad question here. So why is retirement planning uh, a part of farm succession planning?
1: Um, I, I think it's very important for retirement to be a part of succession planning um, because we want that next generation to have an opportunity to uh, step into that management role and be the lead to make those management decisions. Um, and, if we, and if the senior generation um, doesn't plan for retirement, um, doesn't make a decision to want to retire then unfortunately sometimes what happens is we we get those stories and scenarios where mom and dad are in their 70s and 80s and they're still making all the decisions and the, the next the junior generation may be in their 50s and 60s and they have no um, management role whatsoever in the farm and so it makes it really hard for people to want to continue to take off Um, to operate the farm if they don't have that opportunity to be in a a more management decision making role.
0: So Kelly, I I think you bring up a good point. So it's really the the retirement plan is what enables the farm succession plan because if if the older generation isn't able to retire, then then there's uh, not a need to do the succession planning because uh, grandma and grandpa, mom and dad um, are still actively managing the farm.
1: Right. and And it doesn't mean that um, Grandma and Grandpa or that senior generation, right, has to exit the farm completely. Some choose to do that, but um, they just need to transition to maybe a different role um, on the farm. and they don't need to be there 12, sixteen hours a day anymore.
0: Well, and I, I, I think another key point is that we all want to retire at some point, or at least I think we do. Um, You know, I I grew up on a farm, so personally I I can say I I think my dad enjoys, actually enjoys going and checking cows and and the the farming side of it. But I would assume that everyone eventually wants to stop it.
2: I would think so, being in that generation and working on the transition plan on our farm and everything. I know this spring was um, a whole lot different for um, my husband and I. I think I was a little more stressed about this than he was because one evening I heard the boys coming home with the tractors and the planters, and my husband's asleep in his recliner, and I'm sitting—I'm the one sitting there feeling guilty because he's not still in the field at ten o'clock at night. And obviously, he is having less problem with this transition than I am.
0: Yeah, but but we all want to be able to make that transition from a uh, you know working uh, you know full-time job to being able to. In, in enjoy a retirement style life. So uh, okay, so we've covered the fact that a retirement plan is essential to a farm succession plan because it's what triggers the succession to happen or what allows it to happen. Um, let's get down into some of the details about this retirement plan, what we need to know. So I I think the first thing we need to cover is you know, well, in order to retire, we got to have money. So where will money for retirement l- uh, living and, and the expenses to live come from.
3: Well, I think like the key element, I think is people looking ahead and determining, you know, what is their fantasy of what they plan on the retirement years to look like determine whether or not their assets, um, farm machinery, land, and property is going to be the retirement plan, or have they looked into other factors of whether they looked at uh, IRAs or KEOs, that kind of thing, determine, you know, all those different aspects of whether social security or other savings that they've looked into to see how they can get to that retirement age and, and hopefully retire at some point
0: so jeff i I want to do a quick call out there because the two scenarios you you gave i think are important so in one scenario you say the assets and i i'm going to take that to mean farm assets so really what you're saying is in the farm succession plan uh there is the the retiring generation is still earning money from the farm but it's it's very passive In the other scenario you mentioned an ira um, so for those people listening that, that may not know, an IRA is a, a tax incentive, incentivized uh, investment mechanism. So the government will, uh, you can delay taxes and or not pay taxes on the money that you put into the IRA, depending on if it's a Roth or a traditional IRA, when those taxes eventually get paid. Uh, but it's just a investment mechanism to put your money that it can grow and then hopefully you can get passive income in the future. So it's not farm related, in other words. Um, so it sounds to me like you got to make the decision, will the farm be our source of income or will we have sources of income outside of the farm assets? Is that a pretty accurate description?
3: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Or a combination of both.
0: Is there, is there any watch outs for either one? If you want the farm assets to be the, the income for your retirement, um, is, is there anything we need to know in that scenario?
3: Denise and Kelly might jump in a little more on this, but I mean, the main thing is I think (laughs) Denise might be just trying to uh, consider, you know, what the tax incentives are going to be, what the penalties may be as far as um, and how soon and how you relay that across to your uh, descendants and that kind of stuff as well. But Denise, I don't know if you had some more info on that. I
2: want to you need to plan ahead. Okay, especially if you've got a fair amount of assets, whether it's machinery, whether it's land, um, you know, how's this all going to transition? Because you can't just say, okay, I'm retiring next year and you handle your equipment over to the next generation because you're going to take a huge tax hit if if you don't have a plan on how you're going to transition those um, assets to the next generation. And the same way with, um, you know, the um, land. How are, you, how are you transitioning that over? Are you gonna to continue to farm? Are you gonna let the next generation farm it and they're gonna pay you um, cash rent? Is that gonna be part of your retirement plan? Is the cash rent off the ground that you own? You know, Those are all things that you need to consider and you need to start planning ahead. You can't just turn 65, when, well, you can um, <laughs> turn 65 one day and say, that's it, I'm walking away, but be prepared for um, a fairly major tax hit if you're gonna do that. And I think that pretty well applies to just about
0: any size operation. Yeah, so I I, I think the taxes are, are a big key of this. Not only do you got just the, the transfer of estate taxes, but also thinking about the income, uh, the, the taxes on the income of whatever you're going to uh, use for retirement should also be taken in, into account. So this is uh, a common theme we've had in our farm farm transition series on this podcast is sometimes we need outside advisors, so it sounds like we need to bring in a CPA for some of this to, to have a, uh, a expert advisor that helps with this process.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you really do. You need to talk to
2: your, your CPA, your accountant, whatever you need to talk to. If you've got a, um, an investment advisor, talk to them. And you also need to be, um, you know, working with any, um, financial advisors that you have, whether that's the bank or your lawyer or whoever that might be as to how this transition is going to work and to make it the most palatable for you and for the operation. And, um, to do this transition? Because just because the older generation wants to retire, um, how are you going to pass that on to them? Are you going to sell them land? Can they afford to buy the land? Or are you just going to cash rent it to them so that you have a conti- continual um, stream of income there?
0: Yeah. So uh, further integrating the farm succession plan with the retirement, sometimes the other Uh, agents or people involved in the farm succession may dictate what you have to do for your retirement income. If they're not able to buy it and keeping it in the family is is part of the plan, uh, you may be forced to take passive income, say a rental income from the land, if if they're not able to purchase it outright, right? Because that's part of the the overall plan that that you have. So I want to transition here real quick. So we've been talking a little bit about the financials. Um, one thing I, I think is important for retirement is knowing, you know, what sh- what, what are you going to do in retirement? Um, so the question I want to ask is what activities will the retiring generation will take part, will they take part in to remain vibrant? And how does that get determined?
1: So I think part of that, um, you know, Denise made some good points about planning ahead and succession planning. that You just don't decide to retire on your 65th birthday without um, some thought and some So part of the other part of the succession plan is really transferring your knowledge and teaching that next generation um, how you do things on the farm, why you do things on the farm. And I think as you do that teaching role in transition management responsibility, that could also be an opportunity when I retire, I would still like to be able to call me when you need someone to drive the tractor um, or you, uh, I I don't know that probably any family volunteers to help sort cows or any any livestock is a fun activity in retirement, Um, but, uh, you know, just thinking about what are those parameters that you're still willing to do um, and uh, that you're passionate about, and this is also your opportunity, right, Um, to say, oh, well, since I'm in retirement, I don't want to do those things that I don't really enjoy anymore. Um, and it makes it rewarding for both. It is all, it's all—it's back to communication, um, you know, and, and that's our biggest struggle sometimes. We don't communicate, um, but we clearly say, when, when I retire, I still want to be able to do the following things. Will that be okay? Um, and that still feels like they have a role. I don't think retirement means complete separation from the farm. And I think sometimes that's what people get so scared about is I can't retire Um, Because I I don't want to not be able to go to the farm, that's still part of my identity um, and and where I grew up and my experience. So we still need to find a role, I think, for them. And then at some point too, when you're um, maybe um, 85, although I've seen some farmers who are still 100 and want to go drive the tractor, that you can at some point also say, "I, I, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm ready to really transition completely out from helping on the farm.
2: Think about the emotional part, you know, Kelly touched on a little bit, Um, you know, what do you want to personally do in retirement? Are you one of those people that just wants to say, that's it, it's yours, Um, call me if you need me, but I'm going to be in wherever, you know? Or are you somebody that still wants to be somewhat involved and slowly work your way out?
3: And I think a key thing to add there, too, is just as well as creating a kind of a walkaway plan it's as well so that the individual that is hopefully going to take over at some point doesn't have to sit and wait 25 years um, for that grandparent or whoever they're descended of to say, I'm going to finally walk away and give you these responsibilities and give you the full assets of finances and everything that goes along with it. So I I mean, it's hard for individuals to kind of let go. So it's important to make sure that those individuals that are receiving those responsibilities don't get frustrated in the long run with it.
0: So the next question I have, uh, you guys mentioned uh, when we first started discussing this is that, you know, hopefully you have a, a big enough nest egg that you are able to retire, right? Cause it is a obviously a goal of all of us to retire someday. Uh, so moving back now to more of the financial side of retirement you know, I, I think my question, the, the the question I want to ask is, how do you know if you have a, enough assets or money to be able to retire?
1: Um, I, I, I'll start and then I'll let Denise follow up because she's she's our financial um, guru here. Um, I think, first of all, you you know, there's a lot of tools that are available to help you work through what how much money do I need for retirement? So what am I going to do in retirement? What are my, what are my expenses that I have to cover in retirement? Um, And then, you know, after you, do I have enough to cover those basic things that I need in retirement? And then can I travel? can what are these other things that I want to be able to do? How much will that cost me? And um, unfortunately, you know, you know, when you're 25, you don't think about that, right? You Because retirement seems so far away. And maybe sometimes that's the best time to start thinking about, uh, because time really is money. And the earlier you can start putting even a little bit um, away from retirement, uh, in the long run, that'll pay off um, huge benefits. So it's really starting. And, and again, probably not waiting till you're 64 to start sitting down and looking at what are my expenses going to be in retirement? Are there loans that I'll still be responsible? You know, going through that list, and then, um, and you can work with advisors, and you know, okay, here's what I need. Where do you think I'm at? Will what what will I need to do to be able to get to this goal point so that I can retire and have the lifestyle in retirement that I would like to have?
2: Yeah, um, a couple of things. Um, Kelly said, start planning early. Um, when I first started into the financial area, one of the things that I um, saw was that if you save X amount of dollars from 21 to 30, and then you and then another person starts at 30 and saves the exact same amount from 30 until 65, because of compounded interest, the person that's and saved from 21 to 30 is going to actually have more money than the person who saved for 35 years because of that compounding interest and everything. So that's always been something that I've put out there. And I always encourage people, you know, even if you didn't do it, encourage your children or your grandchildren to, you know, start saving early so that, you know, you've got this money set aside. On another point, as far as costs in retirement, I just read an article just this morning where everyone assumes, Oh, you're going to have to spend less money in retirement than what you truly do. when you're working? Well, like Kelly said, it depends on what you want to do when you retire. Because the article I read this morning most people need to plan, if they want to continue the lifestyle they pretty much have, they need to continue on or plan for spending about 70, 70 to 100% of what they're currently spending annually. So, you know, that's something you really need to consider when you're thinking about oh, how much money is it going to take?
0: and yeah, I, I think you both bring up good points because if you're someone who wants to retire and travel and see the world, uh, that can get expensive really quickly. And in that case, you you may not want a, a decrease in the income you're receiving on a monthly or, or yearly basis. Um, I see, so this is not a specific number to agriculture but the number i see a lot is that people should shoot for 80% of their income so so just to put this in easy math if you make 100,000 a year in retirement you need to you need to shoot for it to have enough income to cover 80,000 uh, particularly uh, over, over the course of a year again just using that number as for rough estimate math um and, and the reason it can be a little bit lower is that so you've already made the money. So your taxes are going to be a little bit less. Hopefully you don't have um, loans and stuff that's already paid off. Like, so you don't have a house mortgage, your cars may be paid off at that point. So, you know, you, you You can be okay with a little bit of a decrease in income, but really that 80% mark is, is what most financial advisors uh, say. Now, Denise, you mentioned a 70% mark. I think most people would be okay with that. Um, What you're wanting to try to avoid is your income being halved in retirement. Um, That's where, you know, you you would hope that quality of life may go up in retirement. We can do more. We can travel more. We can go out to eat more because we have more time. Uh, but to do that, you you want to make sure your income uh, stays about the same. I think this goes back to my recommendation on this is always talk to a financial advisor. Every every person's situation is different, uh, and they can really help you plan now for what you will need. And, I, and tying this back into the farm succession, this goes back into you want to be able to have enough assets on hand so you can actually do the farm uh, succession plan and give it to the next generation and still live comfortably. So long story short, everyone's situation is different. Uh, Bring in a financial advisor uh, and that will allow you to be able to transition the farm to the next uh, generation. Is there anything else we're missing from the financial side of the retirement uh, planning topic?
1: I think one topic that um, I think we would be remiss not to to mention during this is also to prepare for long-term care. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, our health does not always stay the best. And um, how we prepare for long-term care um, will will have, you know, great impact on that succession plan, that estate plan um, going forward. And um, again, the, and it could be I'm going to get long-term care insurance, or maybe how I set up my succession plan and some of my um, Legal uh, strategies uh, could vary um, in, in setting up some different types of um, mechanisms to help protect the assets, uh, but but I think that also needs to be part of the the thought process in retirement and in, in getting prepared um, to retire. No,
0: right, Kelly, I think that's a another great point, especially um, Grandma and Grandpa, if uh, I. You you bring up long-term care, that's probably not a comfortable subject that we like to think about. No one likes to think about putting a loved one in in a long-term care facility, but also uh, what happens when a a spouse uh, passes away? Um, Can they take care of themselves when it's just them? Uh, You're gonna have added costs there that you need to plan for.
1: You know, it would be great. My grandmother-in-law lived on her own until she was uh, 103. And then when she's about a 103 and five months, she went in the nursing home. So we're not all that fortunate, but it would be great. And, uh, but that's just something I think, yeah, we all need to prepare for and how are we going to plan to help protect assets and, and be prepared.
3: And I think a key thing, too, is, you know, people don't want to talk about it, but, you know, preparing a will, um, looking at the things of power of attorney and and those kind of things as well are important as well. So that there's not questions of what's going to happen after a certain event may, may occur.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this comes back to the communication aspect, which has been a theme throughout throughout this farm succession series. There's some tough conversations that you have to have with family members in terms of of inheritance. And, you know, this is what this child is getting. This is what this cousin is getting. Um, same thing here. And and this may be the younger generation uh, forcing the conversation on the older generation, right? Like, we, we want to make sure you're cared for. But these are some tough conversations to have because we don't like to think about it. Uh, and we don't like to bring it up. Uh, but it, it's it's crucial to to both the retirement plan and the farm succession plan.
1: Yes, it is. And and you're right, Brady, communication is the foundation for all of this to be successful. Um, So with
0: that, I just want to remind our listeners, uh, for more economic information, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu slash commercial ag. Um, Or you can visit the Purdue Institute for Family Business website at purdue.edu slash ag econ slash fam biz, which is F-A-M-B-I-Z. You can also uh, visit both of those centers on social media. Um, The Purdue Institute for Family Business has a YouTube page where they do farm succession planning um, videos. If you just go to YouTube and uh, search for the Purdue Institute for Family Business, it will be uh, the top search result. Uh, You can visit us on Twitter. Uh, The Purdue Institute for Family Business is at PurdueFamBiz and the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture is at PUCommercialAg. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture, the Purdue Institute for Family Business and the Farm Transition team, I'm Brady Brewer and we thank you for listening.